1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Gobbler Country's Talking Turkey podcast. I'm your host, Brian Manning, and joining me, as always, is my co-host, John Schneider where tonight we will put the Liberty Flames and the Hokies disaster from last weekend in the rearview mirror and look forward to the Hokies matchup this weekend with bitter rival the Miami Hurricanes, currently ranked number nine in the country and coming in at 6-1 and one on the season. John, what's your early thoughts on this game?
0: Let me see. Phil Vassar, bye-bye, love. And hey, you know, I've got my foot on the accelerator and my rearview mirror torn off. Yeah, Miami, 1, 12 o'clock game again. Okay, it lets me go to church in the evening, but we've got to get over the, as Brian and I were talking, the observation has been and continues to be 12 o'clock games are just a problem for especially the home team, I think. If you're on the road, you're already not sleeping. You're already kind of jazzed up. I think 12 o'clock games give an advantage to the away team more than the home team. So I think Hokies got to get over their kind of slow starts at 12 o'clock. They really do. Because, Brian, this has got to be a shootout. This is going to have to be a shootout if we're going to win it.
1: Yeah, Miami comes into this game with another great offense. It seems like that's the theme of the year is talking about how great the offenses are for every team in college football, but especially on the Hokie schedule and in the ACC. Miami is no different. As you know, Miami's led by a terrific senior quarterback in De'Eric King. He's the player to watch. He's another dual threat guy
0: who is fantastic. He's doing like 400 and 400 right now. He's got 400 yards on the ground, and his running back has 400 ground yards. So he's a main running back. He trades places. It's even more than when we have Herbert in. So he's a really key running back in their offense and he's not a
1: bad passer either on the season he passed for over 1800 yards 64 percent completion and 16 touchdowns to just four interceptions he has been sacked 18 times but because Malik Willis had been sacked a bunch of times and Malik Cunningham for Louisville had been sacked a bunch of times and we aren't getting to these guys nearly enough I know they're athletic guys but as we all know with athletic passers they're sometimes prone to get sacked more because they're going playground in the in the backfield sometimes trying to wait for something to pop up and downfield and We're not taking advantage of that. And then with 18 sacks on the season, Miami's been sacked a total of 19 times. Um, It'd be a good time for us to get some pressure because our best way to get off the field sometimes is negative plays, whether it be obviously a turnover, which you can't live off of, but we need more pressure. And sometimes pressure doesn't equal sacks. Sometimes it's just getting the guy to throw the ball a little smoother than you'd like.
0: Yeah, sooner sooner or way off balance, you know, back foot stuff where the ball sails out. We get a lot of those where you go, oh, that guy was wide open downfield. Yeah, but the rush got to him, and King has the ability to do that. He's got arm strength to do that, so they have to do something that's very difficult to do to him, which is make him inaccurate. To make him inaccurate, it means he's going to have to take the ball and hit passes on the run, hit stuff that's scrambling around. I've seen a couple of, you know, half games and a couple of quarters for Miami. I watched the NC State game. Miami is beatable. But to beat Miami, you basically have to stand on the accelerator offensively.
1: The NC State game, I watched some of that myself. The thing I took away from that, NC State should have won that game. They dominated that game. This is the same NC State team that the Hokies destroyed because Devin Leary was not the quarterback when the Hokies played him, and Devin Leary's not the quarterback now. It was Hockman and the Hokies. He had nothing for the Hokies, and yet he was dominant against the Hurricanes, which tells me a little bit of something about their defense because Hockman, to me, is not that impressive. But I looked through their schedule at different games. Their only loss, of course, is what everyone's loss would be, and that's the Clemson at Clemson, 42-17, which told me when, they, when I watched that game was all the hype about Miami, which is every single year. Everybody wants to say the U.S. back. They're never back. They're a good team now. I get that, but I'm tired of hearing about the U.S. back. The Clemson Tigers proved that the U is not back, but is the U ahead of the Hokies right now? Well, sure, but anyway, I was looking at that game, and I was expecting from all the hype Miami to give Clemson a better game, and it was not even close. It's 42-17. to
0: That was one of the ones where I saw half the game, and at that point, I I had to bail and do something. I had something going on family-wise, so I couldn't see the rest of it, but I wasn't all that impressed by their defense, and if you can contain king in kind of keep him bumpered into a pocket where he ends up having to be a pocket passer and you can keep him into negative territory or you know maybe small positive territory on the scramble runs you do have a definite opportunity to stop that offense you might not do it in three and out it might take a couple of rows of plays but there is that opportunity. But we've got to stop making bad rushing mistakes like we did last week. We won't name the team that we made the bad rushing mistakes against. But when you allow a running quarterback to roll out to the backside of the formation and there is nobody out there to contain him and nobody out there to even harry or pressure him, you got a problem, and that happened to us a number of times last weekend. That's because your defensive ends are pinching in too hard. They're either getting taken out of the play, and then two, you're not blitzing linebackers. I get the feeling that the fear of the deep play, somebody needs to take a chill pill on that and start lighting up some bug nuts blitzes again, especially in this situation. And they got to do it weird. They've got to come from side angles. they got to do unusual people because we've got to put pressure on D.R. King. If we don't, he's going to pick us apart. Whether or not we do that, though, you and I both agreed, and we're going to talk about the offensive situation for us in the next segment, is we've got the situation where we've got to get a few stops. I put that poll question response from last week. i just like to talk about that. And people kind of asked me, didn't you mean defense and not offense? Offensive stops? And I said, no, think about it. We needed offensive stops. And what's an offensive stop for us on the defense is the offense needs enough time to score points because you're in a shootout situation. The defense can't spend too much time defending. Either they got to get a clean stop or they break and get it over with so that you can get back on the field again. That's Big 12 football. A lot of people don't see it here. What's really weird is TCU and Texas Tech. Okay. Somebody said, but we can't go to air raid. I'm going to tell you one right thing is Fuente needs to go to the air raid book, pull the air raid book out and tell Cornelson to go sit down and remember the air raid drills. If we want to win football games for the rest of the season, we got to go to air raid. And air raid works for running too, by the way. You spread it out, you open it up, you go pure speed and you go downfield. And if we don't do that, we're in trouble. That's just my feeling.
1: Well, let's take a quick break for our sponsors and when we come back, we'll cover this game a little bit more as far as the other side of the ball and we will maybe make a prediction. I'm sure you guys are excited for that one. We'll be back after this.
0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back. I was on a little tear there, and I need to give Brian a shot, kind of lead this in. Brian, what's your thoughts on the offense?
1: Well, as far as the offense goes, the two biggest things that that I can think of are, we know Cornelson's limitations. We we all know that. Everyone knows that too well. I think the, the two biggest things for me are the health of Khalil Herbert and James Mitchell. Outside of Hooker, those are our most important players on offense, and we don't really know yet the status of what their availability is for Saturday. And, and, and that's part of the gamesmanship by the coaching staff, because why would you let anyone know if he's going to play or not on Wednesday? So we need those guys. And I think that's my take. It's pretty simple as far as the offense, because I think if those guys are healthy, I do believe we'll put up points. I believe in Hennon Hooker. If everyone remembers Hennon's first start last year came against Miami and he was outstanding. When we saw what Hendon did in that game, we were all looking at each other like, how come Puente could not see this? I mean, you could see in the first snap that he was better than than Willis ever was. I'm like, what are we seeing here? But that's beside the point. I believe in Hooker. I believe he's going to have a big game, but he needs help. And Mitchell and Herbert are huge. And I do believe our offensive line will will do its job, push those guys around a little bit, but still concerned about our outside receivers getting separation against Miami and everything. But their defense is not a scary defense. What's scary is our defense because – there's so much pressure on our offense to score on every possession, and believe me, they feel it too. They know they got to score on every position, and that's not a good feeling. And for so long, we were used to the defense feeling that way for many years when years gone by, when Coach Foster was here and, and the offense was struggling in Coach Beamer's later years. But right now, at the offense there's so much pressure, and we got to answer score for score.
0: It's going to be who flips the field and who flips the scoring dice. That's kind of what I feel like what's going to happen. And yeah, that is a lot of pressure on an offense that's too limited. That's why I bring up the air raid because air raid at least allows you to spreads everything out and allows you to go faster. And that's one thing that this offense and and we've have i heard you say it too. And I say it on the site all the time. They need to go faster. The plays develop too slowly and they get to the line too slowly, and they execute the play too slowly, they have to go faster. When they go faster, like in the two-minute drill, like at the end of the game last week and stuff, they were doing great. And they have the stamina. They have the conditioning to be able to do it. I can't understand why they won't just stand on the accelerator. Just go. Line up, clap your hands, and go they are only got six, seven plays that they run anyway, and most of them are key reads. So other than pass or run and maybe a couple of concepts to throw out there, their plays are, that's what they are. So last week we saw a situation where a young man put an entire offense on his shoulders and trusted his offensive line, which is a lot of guys to trust. They're doing a great job and just started to go, and stopped with the hesitating, and stopped with the slow developing stuff. If he was going to run, he just got the snap and took off in a direction. If he was going to pass, he got the snap, found the receiver, and got the ball to the receiver. Yes, they weren't all deep passes. They were small, short passes, but they were actually intermediate passes. I was like waving my hands, and I was like, where is this during a normal game? This is my last observation nelson has got to stop trying to play ball-control football. He can't do it. He can't plan those kind of games, and he can't call those kind of games because those are mixed-media games where you have to mix it up and you have to change things and you have to go to the wide side. You have to fake to the boundary and go to the wide side. You have to fake to the wide side and go to the boundary. You know, you do the zone counters and that kind of stuff. You've got to mix it up. No matter how you, you want to slow things down to burn clock, You still have to go fast. What you're doing is you're burning clock by getting seven yards or six yards or or eight yards. And then you march down the field and march the ball right down in the throat and then look up at the clock. And guess what? You burned off a hell of a lot of clock. He doesn't get that connection. I'm hoping maybe somebody says, hey, you know, voodoo, get that connection. Go fast. Get your guys to the line of scrimmage. Run the play that's called. Go fast. Stop this interminable, slow, like at the jet sweep. You and I both noted that. The quick jet sweep works great. It's that slow, delayed jet sweep that gets murdered all the time. So if you're going to run a jet sweep, run the fast one where the back cuts in front of the quarterback and he's gone before anybody notices the quarterback let go of the ball. That's just me. Okay. you got the last say, quick say on offense before we go through the last problem.
1: The only thing I've got to say about the offense is that Khalil Herbert pulled his hamstring on the opening kickoff last week. So, and anyone knows anything about a hamstring injury? Those things he could play this week and be 100%, where that thing could linger for three to four weeks. And one thing we need to see is as good as he is on that, no more Khalil Herbert on kickoff returns the rest of the season. I realize he's a game breaker on that. He's proven that, but when he's back, he does not need to be on the kickoff return team. And, and another, another area, so speaking of return teams, is Tavion Robinson. Last year as a freshman, he was so reliable catching the ball because we know what he can do with the ball in his hands. But this year he's had some issues fumbling, as we saw last week. So I don't know what they're going to do there. It seems like Blackshear would be a good guy to put there on the punt return. Where, where is suits the punt return role better because – he has more quickness than Blackshire. Blackshire probably has more long speed. But in the quick game, Tavion Robinson is outstanding as a punt returner. But, but you got to catch the ball first. And
0: and it's the judgment of when to try to catch it and when not to. And, of course, the pressure to make. I think it's the pressure to make a play, and make a big play. And it's like if you lose the ball in the sun or you lose track of the ball, whatever, what's fundamental football? You scream Peter at the top of your lungs and you run away. If the ball bounces where it bounces, it doesn't touch anybody on your team, and you get the ball back. That was more important than getting a few yards on a return. So that was taught to everybody and when they first put on a football uniform in seventh or eighth grade, you know? So, okay, the problems we're going to run into this week are we don't know what Ashby's going on. We don't have a clue as to what happened to him last week. They haven't reported what it was. He left the game. He tried to come back and he had to leave the game again. So
1: I'm going to be honest on Ashby. I mean, I'm not meaning to be critical, but I don't think it's a major loss because he's not played well all year. And
0: well, he had COVID this summer, and, and it's probably one of those things where he just hasn't recovered. It's a really tough disease to get over.
1: Well, it's been three months, so I, I don't know that, that we can keep giving him that. I mean, I've just not seen the same player. He's not tackling as well. I mean, I can get some of the getting winded and things like that. I can
0: see it a little bit. I'm into right now Dax at Mike, Tisdale at backer. Played,
1: I begged for Tisdale at backer for two years, and we all knew. And last year, I would have never had said Dax over Ashby at, at the mic because Ashby was better, but he's not playing well right now. If he's hurt, if he's not feeling well. Play Dax. Let's see what Dax can do at that position because right now it's the best man up. For, this defense needs the best player at each position right now, and right now it's not Ashby. so
0: He's our biggest question mark right now. We do have other people. This guy's still missing on the defensive line. I think we're going to see more of Garbutt because he's gotten back into better shape. I think we might see a little bit more Pollard coming in. Maybe we'll start seeing the defensive line that you know, started the season because we haven't been there for a while. Hewitt is trying to do everything, and it's not one of those things that is going to be easy to fix. Hey, it's one step forward and hopefully not more than one step back at any one time. So it's the end of the show. So it's kind of general prediction. I'm not going to pick big score. Tech has a chance to win this football game. I think it's probably in the 35 to 40% range. I think that the the way that Tech wins it is either A, they completely and totally surprise and shut down Miami and the offense just, like I said, stands on the accelerator and goes, or it's a shootout and we nip it at the end. And that's, that's just my estimation of things. How about you?
1: Your 35 to 40% chance I think is pretty reasonable because I don't believe the Hokies will win this game. They obviously can win this game because Miami's no juggernaut, but right now I have no reason to believe that this team can win a game right now against a solid team like Miami. I say solid team, but I see the winner's going to score in the 40s. I don't know what the loser's going to score in yeah. but I would go with Miami right now the way I'm feeling, And but the Hokies have a shot to win this one, but it's going to be a They're going to have to be perfect on offense, and that's hard to do. Yeah,
0: it's going to be perfect on offense, and they've got to get a couple of stops on defense. We'll see. So we leave it with that. Realistic time. And as always, go Hokies.
1: Go Hokies.